Behold, behold, behold the pale podcast. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. My life has value. My life has value. Behold the Pale Podcast. So for anybody out there that isn't hip to John McAfee, um, for being, you know, McAfee antivirus software, uh, yes, I think it's still kicking. Uh, he no longer is with that establishment, but he was the founder and creator of it. Um, if you're into like, if you, you know, if you like, if you're here listening to the show, it's very quite possible that you've seen or heard him in, uh, some of your favorite podcasts being very entertaining, you know, I mean, he's very, he was very pro-drug for a long time, um, and he was up at, at the, up at the top, you know what I mean, up at the top of the pile of people that are financially killing it, and, you know, within that, within that arena that very few people get to stand in, um, and he's kind of like one of those dudes that almost went into the darkness, if you will, probably dabbled in, you know, maybe some of the darkness that he spoke of, because he dabbled in a lot of other darkness, he had accusations against him, I think, for rape and stuff like that, and, you know, bad stuff. Um, I don't know the realities to it, but they're out there, you know what I mean? Um, and he's just one of those dudes, he's just, like, hardcore, he's like a Hunter S. Thompson type situation. That's kind of the best way to kind of describe this dude. Um, but let's go a little deeper into his life here. John David McAfee, uh, born September 18th, 1945. He's a British-American computer programmer, businessman, and two-time presidential candidate who unsuccessfully sought out the Libertarian Party nomination of the President of the United States in 2016 and 2020. And in 1987, he wrote the first commercial antivirus software founding McAfee Associates to sell his creation. He resigned in 1994 and sold his remaining stake in the company. Uh, he then later became the company's most vocal critic, uh, urging consumers to uninstall the company's antivirus software, characterizing it as bloatware. Just filling up your computer with that garbage shit, that straight-up garbage shit. Um, he disavowed the company's uh, continued use of the name and branding practice that he persisted in spite of a short-lived corporate rebrand attempt under Intel ownership. Um, McAfee's wealth peaked in 2007 at 100 milli, 
doing it big. Uh, before his fortunes plummeted, woo! In financial crisis, the 2007-2008 financial crisis uh, did some damage to him, unfortunately. Uh, after McAfee Associates, he founded the company's tribal voice, uh, makers of the powwow chat program, and uh, Quarry Omax, and the future 10th Central, among others. You know what I mean? He was big into it. Um, and was also involved in leadership positions, which is very important. The company's Everkey, MGT, Capital Investments, Luxacor. Um, his personal... His personal and business interests include smartphone apps, cryptocurrency, yoga, light sport aircraft. There's a lot of things there that can get you hurt in this business, especially yoga. Whoo! The recreational drug use of his was absurd and out of this world, they say. We'll uh, get into some of his formulas later. He resided for a number of years in Belize. Uh, he returned to the United States in 2013 while a wanted man in Belize there. I said Belize and Belize, I'm twisted up your mind. Don't believe the lies. Uh, he was wanted for questioning of a suspicious murder. Uh, his neighbor went down for the count. And uh, he was related to it, or they wanted him to be related to it. Uh, in October 2020, McCarthy was arrested in Spain over U.S. tax evasion charges. Now, from what I hear, when they can't get you on anything else, tax evasion always works well. U.S. federal uh, prosecutors brought criminal and civil charges alleging that McAfee had failed to pay income taxes over a four-year period. Um, my guess is those peaking years, that's how they do you. On 23rd, June 2021, that homeboy be found dead due to suicide by hanging. Um, we've heard about them recently. In prison cells near Barcelona, shortly after his extradition, extradition, my brother, masturbation shortly after his extradition to the U.S. was authorized by the Spanish National Court troublesome a little more about his younger life here we got uh, McAfee was born in Cinderford in the forest of Dean Glashire, United Kingdom and uh, on a U.S. Army base the 569th Ordnance Ammunition Company to the uh, American father, which is important to note, who was uh, stationed there, and a British mother. He was primarily raised in Salem, Virginia, United States. He said he felt much more British than American. When he was 15, his father, whom BBC columnist described as an abusive alcoholic, those are, those are always the best kind in the worst category. You know what I mean? Uh, when you want to go talk about your, your your classes of alcoholics, you know, your, the alcoholism, um, the abusive ones are the worst. You know what I mean? Uh, anybody out there dealing with some alcoholism, you should clean that up because you're probably bothering everybody in your life. All right, back to the show. Um, but the father, known as an abusive alcoholic, he he killed himself with a gun, which is sadness. Um, you know, but I think that that kind of spawn, spurred this dude off into, um, uh, weird, you know, that definitely takes you into a weird place, I think, and I think it, it did, it led into, you know, some of those droogs, some of those droogs that snuck into it loud, and, uh, you know, the way he went out, I mean, we're gonna talk about it with, um, you know, little, we'll play a little devil's advocate, even though there's one person here, uh-oh, and, um... 
We're going to see exactly what that is, but that could definitely play something in, you know. Um, I get a vibe like uh, if if a parent was to do such things, was to leave the party in such ways, um, not saying that, you know, it would, I think that it, it would, it might make it easier for somebody else closer to that person to make that decision as well. Unfortunately, of course, you know, that's awful. Um, but I think that that might have had a little, uh, played a little part in, uh, his upbringing, if you will. Having that big old bomb dropped on your head at 15, uh, is horrifying. I'm sure it came as like a, a relief. It was a blessing of disguise in a way because the abuse was over. But still, you know, even though you're being abused, you know, in situations like that, they say that you, know, you still love the person because it's, 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 it might be a fucked up family or whatever, but it's the only family you know type situation. So, I feel bad for the dude. That's, uh, it's not a good environment. But he received a bachelor's degree in mathematics in 1967 from Roanoke College in Virginia, which subsequently awarded him an honorary doctor of science degree in 2008. After receiving his bachelor's degree, McAfee began working towards a doctorate in mathematics at Northeast Louisiana State College, but was expelled for being too cool. Um, in about 1968, uh, just joking, he wasn't being cool. He got fucking expelled because he had a relationship with an undergraduate student who became his first wife. Let me see here. I assume, uh, yeah, he, I assume he was, must have been a teacher to, uh, to get hauled out on that one. But, uh, certain ventures that he had on that, you know, NASA, the Univag Xerox CSC, and Booz Allen, and Lockheed. Uh, McAfee was uh, employed as a programmer by NASA's Institute for Space Studies. So you get a lot of things you'll be coming across your desk there, too. Uh, Those folks are in New York City. From 1968 to 1970, working the Apollo program. You know what I mean? People know that. It's also known as Project Apollo. was the third United States human spacecraft program carried out by the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. You know, our friends of the sh- they're friends of the show, so we'll, we'll we'll be cool with those folks. You know, we're all good in the hood with them. Um, but you know, from there you went on to the Univac. You know what I mean? You guys look up this stuff. Who cares, right? <laughs> as a software engineer and designer, and later to Xerox as an operating systems architect. In 1978, he joined Computer Science Corporation as a software consultant. He worked for a consulting from Booz Allen Hamilton from 1980 to 1982. Uh, and in the 1980s, while employed by Lockheed, he received a copy of Brain, uh, the first computer virus for the PC. He began developing software to combat the viruses. It's uh, Now, Brain is the industry standard name for a computer virus that was released in its first form. Um... It's considered to be the first computer virus for the IBM personal computer and capabilities. Compatibilities, my bads. Uh, brain, uh, I like that. That's kind of crazy. So the first virus that we ever dealt with uh, in the computer world there is called Brain. That's a movie waiting to happen. And I mean, 
So, you know, then we have, of course, McAfee Associates, which is the big deal here. In 1987, McAfee founded McAfee Associates, Inc., which sold his program, the first antivirus software to market. The company was uh, incorporated in Delaware in 1992 and had its initial public offering the same year. In August of 93, he stepped down as the chief executive, but remained with the company as the chief of technical, uh, the chief, chief technical officer. He was succeeded by Bill Larson. In 1994, he sold his remaining stake in the company. He had no further involvement in its operations. After various mergers and the ownership changes, Intel acquired uh, acquired McAfee in 2010 in the August month. Um, in January of that same year, I believe, or the following, let me see here, 2014, yeah, Intel announced that McAfee-related products would be marketed in Intel security. McAfee expressed his pleasure at the same at the name change, saying, I am now everlastingly grateful to Intel for freeing me from this terrible association with the worst software on the planet. Classic. This business was soon demerged once more under the McAfee name. Um, crazy insanity here, of course. Interesting. We'll jump back into it here real quick. You know what I mean? So his, McAfee's, you know, his, his political positions, you know, he was a libertarian advocating that the decriminalization of cannabis and an end to the war on drugs, uh, non-interventionism for foreign policy, a free market economy which does not uh, redistribute wealth, and upholding free trade. He supported abolishing the Transportation Security Administration, which... Um, <coughs> is an agency of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security that has the authority over the security of the traveling public in the United States. Now, you know, that's come into discussion uh, recently on the show. Ooh, excuse me. How, uh, you know, they're really going to kind of lock down on where you can go and such. Um, I know that in our Stranger in a Strange Land episode, we uh, talked pretty heavily on that. So, yeah, he was down. Uh, he also advocated the increased cyber awareness and more action against the threat of cyber warfare. That's a big deal, too. Uh, you know, that cyber warfare out there, the use of digital attacks to uh, attack a nation, causing comparable harm to actual warfare and disrupting vital computer systems. So mainly that's them being able to get into the system and hack, you know, your bank accounts and say, you now have no money. How's that sound? You know what I mean? And you... And, it's a crazy place. They did that to enough people. They're not going to be able to stay on top of it. And even if they could, I um, the banks are so devil-like. I almost feel like they'd just say, <laughs> "That's your problem." But thank you. Um, so it's one of those trickiness. You know what I mean? So definitely, you, you know, there are certain things he was moving towards for the greater good. I feel you know. Um, 
He also pushed for religious liberty, you know what I mean, saying that business owners should be able to deny service in circumstances that contradict their religious beliefs, adding no one is forcing you to buy anything or to choose one person over another. So why should I be forced to do anything if I am not harming you? It's my choice to sell, your choice to buy. I do kind of agree with that. You know, these bigger, gigantic corporations have to kind of... When you're a bigger, when you're out there in the spotlight more, there's more rules for you. That's how I look at it. Um, but you could realistically go into any store and they could not serve you. They have the right to not serve you for, you know, whatever. You know, wearing, a, you know, you're wearing flip-flops instead of shoes. You know what I mean? Whatever they want to, you know. It's a game. It's a game. Um, his 2016 presidential campaign, you know... Uh, he announced in 2015 he was rolling out for president, and uh, the candidate, a uh, newly formed political party called the Cyber Party, you know what I mean? I like that, that's funny. On uh, December 24, 2015, he re-announced his candidacy, a uh, bid saying that he would uh, instead seek the presidential nomination of the Libertarian Party. On the campaign trail, he consistently pulled against, uh, pulled alongside the party's other top candidates, like Gary Johnston and Austin Peterson. The three partook in the Libertarian Party's first nationally televised presidential debate. March 29, 2016, his running mate was photographer, commercial real estate broker, and Libertarian activist Judd Weiss. You know what I mean? One of those deals. Uh, he was notably endorsed by Adam Kokish, who's a talk show host and activist. Uh, another libertarian, John Moore, uh, Nevada assemblyman, and uh, he is definitely down libertarian, coming, coming, coming correct. And L. Neil Smith, science fiction author and activist. You know what I mean? Lando uh, Carlisler in there, your boy from Star Wars. I think his works include the trilogy of Lando Carlish Carlisian novels from 1983. Um, yikes, there you go, that was a good year, a lot of good things happened that year, I heard. 2020, which is more recent, of course, um, contrary to assertion, 2016 convention, McAfee tweeted on June 3rd, 2018, that he would run for president again in 2020, either the Libertarian Party or a separate party that he would create. He later chose to run as a Libertarian. You're better off joining something, I assume, than creating... He mainly campaigned for wider cryptocurrency use. He was a cryptocurrency dude, and that right there can get you in trouble because uh, the people that deal with money still, that, that, they, that find all their power in money, are scared by that money no longer having the power that it once had. Um, on January 22nd, 2019, McAfee tweeted that he would continue his campaign in exile following reports that he, his wife, and four campaign staff were indicted in for tax-related felonies by the IRS. He said he was in international waters and had previously tweeted that he was going to Venezuela. The IRS has not commented on the alleged indictment. 29 of the June, he tweeted that his campaign headquarters had been relocated to Havana, Cuba, Around the same time, he def uh, defended communist revolutionary Che Guevara on Twitter, putting himself at odds with Liber Libertarian National Committee Chairman Nicholas Showark, who wrote, 
I hear very little buzz about McAfee this time around, making a defense that Che Guevara from Cuba may uh, ingredate him with the Cuban government, but it didn't resonate well with libertarians. In a tweet on March 4th, 2020, uh, McAfee simultaneously suspended his 2020 presidential campaign and endorsed Vermin Supreme. Um, now, Vermin Supreme, he's an American performance artist, politician. Uh, he runs in various local, state, and national elections in the U.S. and a uh, libertarian. Now, this dude's like a wacko, and I love it. And the greatest name that there ever was. Uh, I love that name. I think a rapper should have that name. That's how great of a name that is. Uh, that should be name. That should be the name of a rapper's album. Something. Come on, get on it, boys and girls. Uh, the next day, he returned to the presidential field, uh, reversing the suspension of his bid as no one in the Libertarian Party would consider me for vice president. The next month, he endorsed Adam Kokesh and became Kokesh's vice presidential candidate while still seeking the presidency for himself. At the 2020 Libertarian National Convention, he again lost now to Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen for the presidential in vice presidential slots. They run their presidential elections like the Legion of Skanks run their presidential elections. Uh, His economic views were McAfee contended that taxes were illegal and claimed in 2019 that he had not filed for tax returns since 2010. He referred to himself as a prime target of the Internal Revenue Service. In July of 2017, McAfee predicted on Twitter that the price of a Bitcoin would jump to 500000 within three years, adding, If not, I'll eat my own dick on national television. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard, gentlemen and gentlewomen out there. That if something doesn't go the way you said it's going to go, that you will eat your own dick on national television. Kudos. Rest in peace for that alone. In July 2019, he predicted a price of $1 million by the end of 2020. And in January 2020, he tweeted that his predictions were a ruse to onboard new users. And that Bitcoin, good old Bitcoin, had limited potential because it was an ancient technology. That's how quickly things move, so I believe that. Now we're going to pop into some kind of legal issues, which I think play big parts into this situation. McGaffey was named a defendant in 2008 civil court case related to aero trekking light sport aircraft venture and the death of nephew uh, Joel Bito and a passenger. Um, so his nephew died, which uh, he was a defendant in that case, interesting enough. Um, on April 30th, 2012, McAfee's property in Orange Walktown, Belize, was raided by the Gang Suppression Unit of the Belize Police Department, GSU. Press release said it was arrested. He was arrested for unlicensed drug manufacturing and possession of unlicensed weapons. He was released without charge. In 2012, Belize Police spokesman Rafael Martinez confirmed that McAfee was neither convicted nor charged only suspected he also said the day i heard him in an interview because he's got great interviews out there this is more of an insider thing as usual just like a stepping stone go check out some interviews and do check out a few um because you know you can kind of go anywhere i feel because even if the person doing the interview kind of sucks 
his his answers are usually always worthwhile. Now you can either get a mix of crazy madness comedy, uh, much like a Manson thing, or you can get some hard truth. You know what I mean? Uh, it's a fun, it's a fun little toss up. You know what I mean? But he uh, he always said he all one of his things that he would talk about is um, that if they see you know just being under. And, and Belize just being, you know, a suspect for questioning, they can hold you for like 60 days or something like that in their jail, which sucks. Um, in January 2014 from Canada, he said that when the Belizean government raided his property, it seized his assets and that his house later burned down under suspicious circumstances. Yeah, I got, you know, from from knowing what I know about the gentleman, you know, he wasn't on good terms with really any uh, authority figure in his life. Like, he was the authority in his head, which is a good way to think and stuff, And but it usually will get you killed up. usually gets you in a bad place because uh, the authority uh, will break you because they want to be the authority, you know what I mean? Uh, on August 2nd, 2015, he was arrested in Henderson County, Tennessee on one count of driving under the influence and one count of possession of a firearm while intoxicated. I will say that he's lucky he is rich, though, because without richness in his life, he would probably have been in prison a lot earlier. Um, in July of 2019, McAfee and members of his entourage were arrested while his yacht was docked at Puerto, Puerto Plata, Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic's a good place. Hit it up if you get a chance. Um... On suspicion of carrying high-caliber weapons and ammunition, they were held for four days and released. Weapons were seized, according to the public ministry. You know, it kind of makes you wonder, because he does see, he is like a type of dude that I, or was a type of dude that I feel would have been rolling around with, like, Rambo guns just to, like, be able to shoot him off the back of his boat every now and then. You know what I mean? Go fishing. Go fishing with fucking Uzis, you know, rail to the surface and Uzimitate it all high out of their mind and drunk and fucking God knows what, you know what I mean? Um, so who's to say what was on that boat? And the fact that things just disappear, I think, uh, money, I think he made a lot of things go away with money. And when you were in, like, Belize, I think uh, it's a lot easier to maybe make things go away with money than it is here. You know, there might have been, if he really did off himself then um, that's probably a good reason, knowing that America wasn't going to be too kind. And if he had enemies, uh, enemies can make a prison stay very difficult for you. Uh, they don't exactly have to be gang members to do that, you know what I mean? They could be in business suits as well. Uh, on August 11th, 2020, McAfee lied that he was arrested in Norway during the COVID-19 pandemic after refusing to replace a lace uh, lace thong with a more effective face mask. He later tweeted a picture of himself with the bruised eye, claiming it occurred during this arrest. The photo of the alleged arrest shows an officer with the German word for police on his uniform, so it could not have been an arrest in Norway. Um, the Augsburg police later said that he tried to enter Germany on that day, but was not arrested. Uh, putting... Uh, putting the thong over his face instead of a mask when probably being told that he should be wearing a mask. You got to find a little bit of a comedy in that and chuckle. You know, I think that the, unfortunately people passed, but I think that, uh, we're all coming out of the COVID now that 
you'll be seeing more people probably joke about it and stand up and, and, you know, all different platforms. So it's one of those things. Uh, I don't think they ever stopped or ever held back. I think, you know, certain folks, it would, it, it continued forward, you know, as humanity will continue forward. But Gregory Fall will not continue forward. Unfortunately, rest in peace. And that is the neighbor. And now uh, let's get a little, we'll pop into that real quick. Uh, the death of Gregory Fall on November 12, 2012, Belize police began to search for McAfee as a person of interest in connection to the homicide investigation of American expedite Gregory Valent or Vaint Fall, who was found dead of a gunshot wound the day before at his home on the island in Ambergis K, the largest island in Belize. Fall was a neighbor of McAfee's. In contemporary interview with Wired, McAfee said he'd been afraid police would kill him and refused their routine questions and evaded them. Which doesn't, you know, in a different, even in America nowadays, that doesn't sound crazy, but in a different country, that's definitely, I don't, you know, I don't blame the dude. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, he buried himself in sand for several hours with a cardboard box over his head. Uh, Belize Prime Minister Dean Barrow called him extremely paranoid and even bonkers. He fled Belize rather than cooperate. That's kind of... Um, he buried himself in sand for several hours with a cardboard box over his head. Makes me smile. It's like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Um, but you do what you gotta do to get out of there, I guess. You know what I mean? Uh, again, yeah, like, he he ruffled feathers with that government, too, so I think that, uh, and this dude was running all over the world, and I think literally probably burning bridges everywhere he went, um, I almost feel like he was just taking this downward spiral of drugs and madness, taking it into the ground, you know, bringing the plane ready to know, and, you know, that no matter how he died, there would be, somebody would figure out something, you know what I mean? Um, in December, the magazine Vice accidentally gave McAfee's location at a Guatemalan resort when a photo taken by one of its journalists accompanying him was posted with the EXIF uh, geolocation metadata still attached. Horrified. I thought Vice people were like hipster smart people. I don't know how they could pull off. Maybe in, in a crazy world, it's not so crazy. Uh, if whoever was doing the article didn't like him, they could have fucked him over. That's speculation, though. I don't know for sure. But uh, I do know that while in Guatemala, McAfee asked Chad Esley, an American cartoonist and animator, good guy, to set up a blog so he could write about the experience while on the run. He then appeared publicly in Guatemala City, where he unsuccessfully sought political asylum. On the 5th of December, he was arrested for illegally entering Guatemala. Shortly afterward, a board to review his asylum plea denied it. So he was taken to a detention center to await deportation to Belize. On December 6th, Reuters and ABC News reported that McAfee had two minor heart attacks in the detention center and was hospitalized. His lawyer said he had no heart attacks, but rather high blood pressure and anxiety attacks, which I could see them going hand in hand, you know, especially with the situation running around, things just getting beyond crazy. Uh, McAfee later said that he faked the heart attacks to buy time for his attorney to file a series of appeals that ultimately prevented his deportation to Belize, thus hastening the government's decision to send him back to the United States. 
On December 12th, McAfee was released and deported to the United States, and on November 14, 2018, the circuit court in Orlando, Florida, refused to dismiss a wrongful death lawsuit against him for false death. So they refused to dismiss it. So they're still kind. Of, they were still kind of going going at him for this death. So he had that going over him too. So I thought that this death thing was over and done with, but it appears that he still had that lingering over his head as a suspect. So. He was looking at that, um, you know what I mean, as well as the, the tax thing, and a lot, you know, often it's uh, you know like like um, Capone and stuff, you know, they say, and other, some other people, you know, that when they can't get you on anything else, they get you on the tax evasion, you know what I mean? Um, U.S. tax evasion charges, you know what I mean, that that he was dealing with in the planned extradition extradition in January of 2019. Uh, he announced that he was on the run from the U.S. authorities and living internationally on a boat following the uh, conveying of the grand jury to indict him and his wife in four of his 2020 Libertarian Party presidential primaries. Uh, the tax evasion charge on tax evasion charges. So everybody got summed into this. Uh, occasionally, they probably were, they were all linked to it, I'm sure, if it was going down. Um, at the time of the Internal Revenue Service had not independently confirmed the existence of any such indictment. On October 5th, 2020, McAfee was arrested in Spain at the request of the United States Department of Justice for tax evasion. The June indictment, which was unsealed upon his arrest, alleged that he earned millions of dollars from 2014 to 2018 and failed to file an income tax. On October the 6th, the U.S. Securities uh, and Exchange Commission, the SEC, uh, fled. They didn't fled. They don't run. We don't run from anybody. They filed the complaint further alleging McAfee and his bodyguard uh, that they promoted certain initial coin offerings. You know what I mean? And that is a type of funding using cryptocurrencies, often form of crowdfunding, uh, but it can be done like privately. ICOs in a fraudulent cryptocurrency pump and dump scheme. Um, now, anybody out there know a pump and what the old pump and dump scheme is? It's one of those things where there's you know pumping. It's a, a form of security securities fraud. You know that involves uh, artificially inflating the price of an owned stock through a false and misleading positive statement in order to sell a cheaply purchased stock at a higher price. Uh, they did it for anybody that gets into it or the news or reads about the stuff. There was a situation with GameStop uh, within a year ago that they did this. Um, but this is something I'm sure that happens all the time. It's very Wolf of Wall Street-like, where people that don't... It's a bunch of people with money or maybe don't have money but think they're just trying to get rich quick. And uh, they really don't know much about what they're doing, but they know that this person's selling them a dream, so they sign up. Uh, so I think there's a lot of that in the cryptocurrency world, too, because at the end of the day, it's nothing that they're just throwing a value on. So it's like me taking this air that I'm breathing and saying, there's five bucks, pay up, you know what I mean? That's the equivalent to $5, how do you like that? And somebody going, yeah, that's right, you know why? Because that's life, that's human life coming out in that breath, and you can't put a price on that, but shit, that's used breath, $5 a breath, you know what I mean? That's how we do it. But, uh, yeah, they, so they're going after this gentleman, heavy, heavy. Um, it claims that he presented himself as an impar impartial investor when he promoted the ICOs despite 
uh, allegedly getting paid $23 million in digital assets in return. I almost believe that this is reality. And, and it goes right with his deal of saying how Bitcoin was the bomb diggity, and then later saying it was dead. Uh, but in all fairness, when he started it, it could have been it could have been the deal. Stuff like that moves so quick that uh, what's big last year is dead this year is a dinosaur this year. You know what I mean? Um, but he, uh, on March 5th of 2021, the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Southern District of New York formally indicted him and an executive advisor on these charges. What would have ever happen to the executive advisor? McAfee was jailed in Spain pending extradition to the United States on the 23rd of June, 20, 2021, uh, the Auditionia Nascinio. You know what I mean? Which is a centralized court in Spain authorized his extradition to face charges in Tennessee. And he died a few hours later. You know what I mean? It was still pending in lower Spanish court. So the deal is that he, you know, he he, he felt that he was going back and they were going to fuck him up. You know what I mean? Or he was going to get no actual... No actual, uh, no actual, like, uh, there's no way for him. He didn't think he was going to be able to get out of that one, I think. But he was a wild dude, you know what I mean? He lived, he, he, he was one of the, he, he lived the life he wanted to live, you know what I mean? He married three times, met his first wife in 1968 while working towards his doctorate at Northeastern Louisiana State, you know what I mean? Uh, married three times, killing it. And last time he was married to a, uh, if I believe, a prostitute. The night after McAfee arrived in the United States after being deported from Guatemala in 2020, he was solicited by and slept with Janice Dyson, a then prostitute, 30 years his junior, in South Beach, Miami, Florida. They began a relationship and married in 2013. She claims that he saved her from human traffickers. That's very notable. Human traffickers is one of the ugliest things going. The couple moved to Portland, Oregon in 2013. Very quiet town. In 2012, articles in Mensa Bulletin, the magazine of the American Mensa, uh, he, st- he said de- developing his first commercial antivirus program made him uh, the most popular hacking target. And hijackers seeing hacking, uh, hacking him as his badge of honor. You know what I mean? So everybody is out to get him, as you were saying, which is, it kind of makes sense in a way. You know what I mean? Dude, that anti-hacking thing, you're, you're shutting out a lot of people that could have been doing some shit that they wanted to be doing. Uh, we're talking big money going down, corruption, all types of dark, twisted, dark web stuff. Uh, which they get them do, ta- you know, everybody that gets into crypto uh, currency, they always tie them back to dark web. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, this is a dude that he would... He would Talk about Epstein. I believe he even rubbed elbows with Epstein. He was one of those. He was up there in that category. You know what I mean? It's interesting. There's, there's, you know, that whole the Epstein thing. You'll never, we'll never know all the deals to it. But that's, that's all craziness. Just like this is craziness too. For his own cybersecurity, said uh, he has other people buy his computer equipment for him. He uses synonyms like setting up computers and logins and changes his IP address several times a day. When asked on another occasion if he personally used McAfee's antivirus software, he replied, I take it off. It's too annoying. And I'm with him on that. That shit's always popping up. Um, In 2015, he resided in Lexington, Tennessee. Uh, And in 
2018, you know, he tweeted that uh, he has 47 genetic children. His third wife described him in a Father's Day message as father of many, loved by few. That's kind of sad and funny all at the same time. So to pop a little bit into his death real quick, on June the 23rd, 2021, uh, McAfee was found dead in his prison cell at the at Brian's Two Penitentiary Center near Barcelona, hours after the Spanish court ordered his extradition to the United States on criminal charges filed in Tennessee by the United States Department of the Justice Tax Division. Uh, the Catalan Justice Department said everything indicates he killed himself by hanging which mainly just means they went into his jail cell and he was hanging. An official autopsy confirmed his suicide. Um, There's been quotes at the back of uh, Behold the Pill podcast episodes with uh, morticians giving... Giving, giving the vibe that they, 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 if you throw that, you slide them twenty bills, dude. They'll say that uh, you died of natural causes if your head's no longer attached to your body. You know what I mean? Very crazy, wild stuff. Uh, his death sparked internet conspiracy theories, of course, in a manner, <clears throat> the manner resembling the old Epstein didn't kill himself uh, thing that was going around. Several claims uh, he had said if he was ever found dead by hanging that it would have meant he was murdered. Three days before his death, his wife claimed that the U.S. government wanted him to die in prison. Writing on Twitter, John's honesty has gotten him in trouble with corrupt governments and corrupt government officials because of his unspoken nature and his refusal to be extorted, intimidated, or silenced. Now the U.S. authorities are determined to have John die in prison to make an example of him for speaking out against the corruption within their government agencies. Minutes after the report of his death, an image of the letter Q was posted to his Instagram feed. Since his death, his account has been taken down. Uh, the Q possibly to reference the QAnon conspiracy theories. Uh, these theories have been referred to by some journalists as speculative, bizarre, and baseless, primarily uh, based on McAfee's own statements. The day after his death, his lawyer told reporters uh, that while he, he regularly maintained cont- contact with McAfee in prison, there was no signs of suicidal intent. And his wife reaffirmed this position in her first public remarks since her husband's death. Now, I watched the interview with her on her husband's death, and she's shooken up by it, and she still claims that, you know, he didn't do what he did. Um, but by the end of it, I think it was a real vag where I think she just kind of came to grips with it. it. was like, whether he killed himself or somebody else killed himself, he ain't here no more. I think she's grieving. That's how you would feel. You think about those things later. Maybe there's a rush of it, but you're going to try and think about just getting through the process. You know what I mean? But uh, it's one of those deals, one of those crazy digs. So as we as we get down to that, you know, kind of wrap it up. I'm still I'm still kind of uh, I'm still kind of at odds with what I think fully happened. I do think that he was a dude that spoke his mind um, in a world where people didn't want him speaking his mind, and I think that he was at a powerful enough place within underground media. Um, I think he, you know he could get the funds. 
you know, there was people that he, I, I watched him go on podcast after podcast, you know, he has a voice, he's able to get his voice, you know, spoken and reach the masses, which is something people on the other side are really afraid of, as you could imagine. So do I think that it's possible that he was killed off and suicided? I know that he got like a suicided tattoo on his arm uh, a couple years back. And, um, that was one of those, that was an interest, that was, that's an interesting thing, but, you know, I also heard there was an interesting conspiracy about the building, that, 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 uh, apartment building that collapsed, I believe, in Florida that just kind of randomly, I don't know, just collapsed out of nowhere, um, I seen a thing, and I speculate on this because this could be complete horseshit. But I seen a picture where uh, he was talking about how he had files located somewhere, and um, he gave a street address, and that one of the streets it was like at the corner of something and something. And I know that one of the streets, one of those two streets, was like the street that that apartment building fell on. So take that for whatever you will. I just thought that was a fun goosebumpy on the arm type little fact, you know what I mean? But, like I'll say, that in the same sense that it's very possible that he um, was killed by somebody, I think it's very possible. I think it's rubbed people the wrong way. I think when you're a powerful person and you are talking about things people don't want you to talk about and you're rubbing people the wrong way, especially in other countries where they can easily just kind of go, oh yeah, that was suicide, and then no, you can't ask any more questions, you know what I mean, like, one of those things, easier done, but I also, you know, the Catch-22, this is Behold the Pill podcast, so we're going to do some Devil's Advocate a little, and uh, with saying all that stuff, I do, I will say that the type of duty was, and he was, he was heavy, you know, he don't, he, he stopped doing drugs, supposedly, and I, it's weird, I don't know what his drug, I know he's been fucking heavy in the drugs, and then I've seen interviews where he said he was off, and wasn't doing them anymore, so I don't know where he was, I fit, and he, he drinks every day, I know he was like, he would have like, eight or ten shots of fucking tequila with breakfast, like, that was his breakfast, so like, I think, you know, as much as the other stuff of somebody killing him off, him getting suicided, as much as I do believe that that could be a possible reality, the reality that he's just a dude that w- was blown out on drugs uh, and alcohol, or just mind was fucked up from years of drugs, hallucinatory drugs too was his big deal, um, and I don't know where I fit on that, I know, you know, I know certain people think that's very th- therapeutic and a good thing, uh, but it also probably could destroy your fucking mind too, the... The things that it's being good for, for, like, depression and stuff like that, it could just very well be destroying that part of your brain. You know what I mean? Who's to say? But, um, it's one of those things where the flip side of it is he could have just been a dude that was like, yo, I, I did my, I, I, I preached my preach, you know, I told everybody what I wanted to do, uh, my, my whole, my opinions and all that, I put it out there, I put myself in a weird place to do it, and he's like, I could either get older and just kind of fade away, you know, I think, uh, it's a Neil Young lyric, it's better to burn out than to fade away, and I almost feel like, in that sense, it's kind of something like that, where, do you just get old, go to prison, get old and die, or do you go out now, um, 
and just and you could have this conspiracy around it. You know what I mean? And that conspiracy will live on forever. Like he knew that we were going to do a Behold the Pill podcast episode about it, so he, he did himself in. You know what I mean? But um, so yeah, and it's one of those deals. You know, and a couple hours after he he they they were going to send him back. It's weird. Uh, maybe he had no more contacts in America. He burnt all those bridges. You know, and there was a time when he probably could have been in the U.S. and paid his way out of something or a favor would get him out of something. Um, and, you know, those days aren't here anymore. And he knew that if he had to go back and face the music, it wasn't going to be a tune that he liked. And not a tune that he's used to. You know what I mean? whole different instrument. Um, so with that being said, like, I'm still kind of middle of the road. Uh, on what exactly really happened, but I could go either way. I could literally sway either way with the right argument, for sure. Um, but definitely, you know, he's a dude that went out there and said some truths that were good to hear, so pop out there and uh, check him out. You know, he's got a bunch of interviews on on, on the interwebs that you can pop into, and uh, like I said, he's got a very Charles Manson-type vibe where he'll say some shit that'll make you go, yeah, that's right word and then he'll say some stuff that goes wow you need to take a nap you know what i mean you need to you need to drink more water take a walk and then take a nap you know what i mean um but who's to say what really happened go do your own research and find out for yourself find out for yourself but at the end of the day a life was lost and that's a bad thing and through suicide so whether there was sadness there or there was hatred enough to murder, a gentleman's dead before he was supposed to, probably. You know what I mean? Absolutely before he's supposed to. So with that being said, you know, rest in peace, John David McAfee. You were, uh, you created some cool shit, uh, and you created some cool stories, too. You can't bring the cool shit with you, but you can bring those cool stories with you. So hopefully you're somewhere there's somebody else as cool as him listening to his cool stories and telling two cool stories back. And uh, hopefully we'll catch y'all in the next episode with the full gang with some cool stories for y'all. And uh, with that being said, we wish everybody a happy 4th of July out there. You know what I mean? Get it popping. Don't blow off no hands. Uh, light went off for McAfee. I feel like McAfee would be doing it large on 4th of July. Shooting those AKs off, blowing up houses, boom, 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 but not killing the neighbor. So, with that being said, we bid you a well, and we hope you have a great 4th of July, and we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Behold a Pale Podcast. The number one drug form on the planet, and it's composed of, of very intelligent, well-educated people, many of them chemists, others are doctors and psychiatrists, and, and, and they have this incredible attitude that we should all be taking drugs. Well, I don't think you want to take drugs, um, and I had a bet with a friend. What I did is I created, okay, there, there was this drug, but if, if, on blue light, you remember, you remember MDPB-10, Yes. Sure, the mythical drug that did everything. It made you a sexual god. It made you live forever. It gave you energy that you could go for 50 weeks without sleeping and you gained weight. And it was just marvelous stuff. Uh, but it was it was fake. It was just a ruse created by a couple of British gentlemen. 
Um, but no one really believed that it was a ruse. And, and for years, this is about 12 years ago, that this mythical drug rose, rose up. So I went online, and as a, uh, as a member called Stuffmonger, didn't give my name, uh, I gave the formula for recreating MDPV10 and invited everybody to recreate it themselves. And for three months, these, these highly intelligent people were, were, were digging around with, with stove ovens and baking soda and kitchen utensils, doing absolutely nothing. And I, I just had the laugh of my life. Uh, I was naked carrying a gun. I saw what was happening. I put my gun down. It was thrown up against the wall. Handcuffed, uh, made to sit. I, they let me put some pants on, by the way. It's out of politeness to the women in the crowd. Um, it's no fun to look at a naked 68-year-old man, I can promise you. So, um, it got me handcuffed in the sun for 14 hours, kneeling with my hands behind my back. A very painful thing. I do not recommend it for anyone, even those who are at the heavy S&M amongst you. So, um, uh, and then left without, without any charges. Why? Two weeks earlier, the local politician, by the way, I, I lived on the island of San Pedro, which is a marvelous place. All the tourists go there. It's just like America. Speak English. Everybody's white. I moved to the interior, the only white man in a town of 10,000 people. Uh, and I moved into the backyard of the most powerful man in Belize. Um, after I'd been there for a year, a representative came and said, why don't you donate $2 million to my patron's campaign? And in return, we'll give you all this land and benefits and so on. And I said, uh, no. Uh, they raided my property two weeks later, came back two weeks after that, and said, have you changed your mind? And I said, yes. I'm pissed off now. And so I went to the international press, and that was in, in May of 2012. And for eight months, I ran an ongoing war with the Belgian government, demanding an apology at the very least. And, and getting the attention of the world government on the corruption and, and all the nightmares that was, were happening. Uh, I should have listened to my, my compatriot Americans and say, stay in San Pedro, fish, surf, and snorkel. Uh, I did not. And then there was the neighbor. The death of my neighbor, Mr. Fall, who I barely knew. That was a convenient thing for the By, by the way, there, uh, not to make light of Mr. Falls' death, it is one, Belize is one of the most dangerous countries in the world and is called the murder capital of the world by many organizations because the per capita death rate is the highest of any country in the world. Um, I barely knew Mr. Fall. It was a convenient thing for the Belizean government to try to pick me up for questioning because in Belize, you may hold someone for questioning for 60 days with no charges and you may renew that indefinitely. So I could have been 60 years waiting to be questioned. I chose not to go that route, and I went on the route. Why didn't you try to get a U.S. attorney or someone to help you out? Well, you're, you're, you're assuming that the legal system in the, other, in the rest of the world is much like here in the States, where a court order has bite. Now, let me give you an example. The telephone company in Belize was nationalized three years ago by the Belizean government. It was the, the, the company had been owned by a gentleman named Lord Ashcroft. Lord Ashcroft went to court. The appeals court said, hey, give it back. The prime minister, instead of giving it back, sent the army into the, the telephone headquarters and prevented the employees from coming back. There's no law there. And why hire a lawyer? Why pay the lawyer to, to end up saying, gee, I can't do anything for you? You know, you, you suffer your losses in life. You know, you take what comes and move on. That's what I did. I felt my life was in danger, and I, I'm convinced it was. Uh, I had every single day written notices to some press somewhere. I had started a blog, uh, and it had devastated the, the tourist industry in Belize. 
Tourism accounted for 70% of the bleaching gross national product. It dropped by 50% after I started my blog. They just wanted me out of the way. Mm. So um, call that paranoid, call it not, I don't, I don't care. It's what, it's what was actually happening. Um, the, um, uh, okay, the, 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 the diversion tactic. All the boarders had, I was the number one, every single army officer and soldier and every policeman in the country had my photograph. Uh, and there was a bounty, and they had they had blocked all of the borders. However, the Belgians, you know, are just are just very strange people. They tend to hire, for example, a, a, a policeman gets forty two dollars a month U.S. Now, from that, he's got to feed his family, or send his children to school, uh, pay his rent, and so on. It is not much money. So, not the smartest people take those jobs. The net result of all of that from a U.S. point of view, from a press point of view, from what people were reading in the newspapers and seeing on TV was John has gone off the deep end. John is doing all these deceptive things. John has all these girlfriends. John's been dabbling in drugs. We don't know who this guy is anymore. Do you feel... Do you sort of feel bad about how much your persona changed that through that experience? Well, that was my persona as viewed through the press and, and as those who read the press and believe it. The, the press is notoriously inaccurate. Now, may I do a demonstration for you? We, we, may I ask for honesty from you folks for just two minutes? I'd like to see a, a, a raising of hands for those of you who have at any time in your life been divorced. Now, leave your hands up for just a moment. Okay. Now, all those of you who have been divorced, at any time, were you unfaithful to your ex-wife or husband? Leave your hand up if you was. Right. Six, seven, eight. Anybody else? Somebody put your hands down after you kept them up. Okay. Well, at least eight people. Well, that's, that's a pretty fair thing. Let me ask you another question. How many of you people are currently married? Raise your hands. How many of you have actually been unfaithful to your current husband or wife? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Do you see the statistical impossibility of these two couples? Okay, what is the difference? One is, I'm asking you about something that's current, something happening today. Now, what happened five years ago? You got your hand up. You're hoping the camera will go on. You yeah, bitch, see? You know? <laughs> now, no, you're on the wife. Please do not put the camera on me, and my hand never went up. Here's the point I'm trying to make. The press is consistently concerned with what's happening now. It is human nature. If you work downtown and there was a robbery next door to your work, and a policeman happens by and says, where were you today? You're going to try to find some reason to explain why you could not have done this. This is just human nature. And so the press is now saying, what about now and here? And trying to find truth. Well, good luck. What we should have done can never be a solution to where we are today. He's absolutely correct. We should have. But we did not. So therefore, I am doing. Imagine how impossible it would be to escape if enough people... Teenagers, how catch this guy last night? Um, he, how how you possibly escape? At at every movement, for five blocks around you, everybody's looking for you.